Praise the Lord. How many are excited to be in the house of God this morning? Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. <clears throat> it's just so good to see everybody here in one mind and one accord. And we're looking forward to our youth service today. How many are excited about our youth service? We got our uh, Pastor John here with us this morning that's going to be bringing, I believe, a powerful word. And I'm excited. Uh, for him to bring a word for us, us this morning, not for just the youth, God has a word for his church, amen, and I want to remind everybody to continue to remember to continue in prayer and fasting, how many knows there are breakthroughs that come through prayer and fasting, answer prayers that, can, uh, that you've been praying for for so long, I believe that through this season of prayer and fasting we're going to see God's hand move. We're going to see our families being saved, healed, delivered, set free. We're going to see greater things coming to this church. God's going to move his spirit like never before. And we just got to trust and believe that because if we believe that together, there is, there is power in unity. Amen? So we need to be unified in doing this prayer and fasting and take it seriously. God takes it seriously. Amen? And one of the things I just feel like in my heart that the Lord wanted me to say just in the area about the prayer and fasting the best way to start, and I know some of us have already started it, but it's not too late to do this. You know, and, and I just want to read a scripture. It's found in Joel. And, and it tells us that when we're in times of prayer and fasting, we need to go into a time of repentance. Amen. Now, I know. I, I've been saved for 20, 30 years. It doesn't matter. The Lord wants his people to repent. And he says, therefore, says the Lord. Says who? The Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. I wonder how many of us are really going into our prayer rooms while we're fasting and praying, and we're literally weeping. We're pouring out our heart in mourning over our sin and over our wickedness before God and saying, God, forgive me. This is the way you start out prayer and fasting because then you're humbling yourself, you're rending your heart. And he says, tear your garments apart, open that heart up, but let God see what's in there, because he already sees it, but open it up to him and say, Lord, I need you to rid this out of my life. And I believe if we do that, church, that is the first step that we can make in getting God's attention. And then God will pour out like we've never seen before, his spiritual blessings I believe this church is ready to start seeing signs and wonders and miracles. Can we give the Lord a praise offering for what he's going to be doing? Amen. And now we've called ourselves together for a time of praise and worship. And how many knows that the Lord really inhabits those praises? He lives in the praises of his people. So he's here. But he's here for us to lift him up in praise. Can we do that this morning? Let's give the Lord our whole heart this morning. Amen. You stand up with us this morning. Amen.
many is thankful that the Lord has delivered you, delivered you out of sin and bondage, still delivering us today from fear and worry and doubt. Amen. And he'll never leave us, church. Young people, he will never leave you. Hallelujah.
let this be your prayer from you straight to the Father. Lord, I need you. How many knows that we need him today? How many knows that our world needs him? How many knows that our young people and our children need him like never before, church?
fasting is removing the flesh so the spirit can come alive in me. Let me say that again. Fasting is removing, removing the fleshly things out of my life so the spirit can come alive in me. How many of you want the spirit of God to come alive in your life? with the Spirit of the Lord to, to be quickened quickened in your life. Well, that's what prayer and fasting uh, does. Uh, where the Spirit of the Lord energizes you and you're hearing the voice of the Lord in your life. How many of you want to hear God's voice for every situation in your life? How many of you need the wisdom of God, the understanding of God, the counsel of God? Well, that's what prayer and fasting does does. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand and you may be seated for a few minutes this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Pastor John is going to be coming and ministering to us in a few minutes and we're ready to hear the, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, we have some uh, prayer requests. I ask you to continually pray for my mother. Uh, she has been out for four or five weeks, and she never misses church. So she really misses being here. She's doing therapy on her back, and we're just believing that God is touching her. Amen. Uh, it's good to see Thelma with us again this morning. Let's give her a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, last week, as I was, uh, I had a two-part series on uh, putting God first, putting first things first in our life. And last week, I kind of focused more on tithing. And I had a lady to walk up and give me this this morning. She is a tithe payer, and listen to what she wrote. She said, last Sunday after the service, Chris and I checked the mail. Inside was a check from, from an old job that I worked during COVID. It was a $1,000 check before taxes. And, the, and she goes on to say that after taxes, it was $700 and they had to get new tires and some other work put on, get done on their SUV and it paid for it all. Let's give the Lord a hand, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, tithing works, amen? Uh, and that's what I want to do this morning. I want to pray over our tithes and offerings. Thank you so much for last year for giving into the kingdom of God here at Calvary Assembly. Uh, I think we gave an extra, I believe, after all the missionaries that we supported last year, and here probably uh, two or three Sundays, I want to do a vision cast in Sunday. But I think after all of our missionaries that we support, uh, for the Assemblies of God, that we gave away an extra $25,000. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. We started giving to Israel and a lot of different uh, God's pit crew and a lot of different uh, people, and God is just tremendously, uh, tremendously blessing. Praise the Lord. Well, where is Pastor John at? Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor John to come up. Let's give him a hand this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you appreciate Pastor John this morning? Amen. 
God has done just a, done a great work in his life. He's getting a little fancy. He's going to preach off of his iPad this morning. So let's hope that thing don't shut down on him. Amen. <laughs> We're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to anoint him. Brother Jack, will you come up, buddy? And uh, we're going to ask Jack, let's stand one more time, amen, and I just believe that God has got something special for us this morning, and I believe that we're not going to hear Pastor John, we're expecting to hear from the Holy Spirit, so we're going to open our, open our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes, and we're going to ask God uh, to touch us this morning. I so much appreciate Appreciate Pastor John. I believe God is, it was, we was praying for him back in the back this morning. I just felt like that God is launching him in to a different season of ministry. And uh, Brother Dale, for that to happen, he's going to have to have a greater anointing upon him, as you know, brother. And so we're praying for that greater anointing uh, for to come upon him this morning, that God just anoints him and touches him. And I'm going to ask... Uh, Jack here, how many do you appreciate Jack? Amen. All of these young people and all. Isn't it good to see all these young people and young adults this morning? Let's give them a big hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love these, love these guys. Brother Jack, let's pray for Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you to bless Pastor yes. John as he uh, preaches us, yes. preaches to us today. Um, please just fill him, Holy Spirit. And just help it to enter all our hearts. Please take away any nervousness he has. And help it just flow smoothly. Help everyone needs it in the prayer request. Just bless them and um, heal them. And help today be the day of salvation for someone. One or two or however many you please. And just fill us all, Holy Spirit. And thank you for your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jack a hand. Amen. Pastor John. Wow. Can we give... uh, Jack, one more hand. He did a great job doing that. Um, we have a great crowd of uh, young people here. I uh, saw Jack earlier this morning. I said, you're nervous? He said, yeah. I said, well, you and I both. So I'm nervous too. So, so I said, relax. We're both nervous. We'll work through it. Let God uh, uh, work through us. You may be seated if you, don't, if you, if you can. Um, we just want to just, just uh, thank all the young people that are here this morning. I mean, it's great to see a great crowd who knows they're not only the, the future of this church, but they're, they're the church now. I mean, they're, they're here and they're there now, so they're the present. They're the ones that are going to carry the torch, I guess you could say. And, uh, um, and for them to be here, for you all to be here, is just the first step of what um, you can allow God to do in your life uh, um, and to be, to be a vessel for God. That's what we're going to be talking about, protecting the vessel. And, and, and when I think of a vessel, um, I think of a vessel as like a, a container or a ship or a boat. And it's, it's not necessarily used to do something, but it's used to contain something. And normally that's something very valuable. And all of us have something very valuable in us. And that's our soul. So as a vessel... We have something, we, we carry something valuable every single day. You young people, you carry something valuable to school. The ones that you may work to your work, to your job. You had that something valuable inside of you when you're around your friends. And to the church, you have something valuable too. In, in, in your workplace. In the grocery store. 
as much as I hate going to the grocery store, I got to realize that I have that something special inside me. And sometimes it can be hard to kind of let that go, let that out. You kind of want to keep it. Go on about your day and come home. Come to church. Raise our hands. Praise God. You know, have that good Sunday feeling. But if we keep that bottled up, what kind of vessel are we? I'm talking to myself too. See, we were made to be vessels for God. Some people may think that we have to do something for God, but necessarily that's not necessarily true. I mean, it isn't a bad thing. But he needs vessels to spread his word, to tell people about Jesus. Young people, you don't have to vocally express it all the time. You can tell people about how Jesus is working in your life just by your actions alone. I mean, you can catch yourself just doing a quick prayer before you eat lunch at school. Boom, boom, be done. And people looking at you, they might, what's going on there? But in order to do that, we have to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And in order to do that, in order to know who the Holy Spirit is or be able to hear from Him, we have to read our Bibles. We have to pray continually. As much as it may be hard right now during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, my first week was a little rough. I'm not going to lie. The first week, the first day I had to work night shift uh, doing snow removal, and it was the first night, and it was rough. I'm going to tell you, it was rough. But in order to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit, I need to continually push through that as a vessel. Pushing through that and reading my Bible, whether I feel like it or not. And praying. There is a uh, Bible verse or a Bible passage I want to read to you. Uh, it's from Matthew Chapter 8, 23 through 27, if you want to get out, it's in between Genesis and Revelation, that kind of helps you out. If not, <laughs> if not, it'll be on the screen. <laughs> That's what somebody told me one time, between Genesis and Revelations, go at it. So then he says, then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Wow, isn't that something crazy? You, get, you got these storms, and he's not worried about it. He's sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When I read this, something popped out to me about protecting the vessel. See, as the disciples were in there, in that storm, they were in that storm. He wasn't really concerned about the boat or the vessel itself. I believe now he's concerned about vessels, us. He's concerned about maybe uh, their faith. And Jesus can calm the storms in our lives just like he calmed the storms in the seas out there where the disciples were. 
See, the boat, or, the boat or the vessel can represent our lives. And when the pressures of this life try to come at us, Jesus can calm them too. It didn't say we may or may not have trials and tribulations, does it? It says we will. So when the pressures of this life come at us, Jesus can calm the storm in our lives too. He just, he's not going to necessarily take it away. He's going to get us through that. He's going to get us through that. He's going to help us push through that failure. Maybe that anxiety that we're having at school. He's going to help us push through that storm. 2 Timothy 2.20, verses 20 and 21, talks about a vessel as well. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. See, if a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. See, I want to be a vessel for honor. I want to be a vessel that, that God is pleased with. Even through my failures and my flaws, I know that God can still use me as a vessel. And I want to be a vessel that honors him. See, the things he's talking about are false teachings, about um, purge yourself of these things, of false teachings, of things that maybe don't align up with, with the word of God. But in order to be able to know that, I have to go back to reading our Bible and praying and, and, and knowing really who God is. See, a captain knows its vessel. A captain navigates and can know what the vessel can and cannot stand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A vessel, a captain knows the ship like the back of his hand. When he's up there navigating the waters, he has, he has all this electronics and all that stuff. But when he knows it's getting, it's getting too rough, he knows he needs to either throttle it down or back up or just turn around. But thank God that when things get too tough, God doesn't want us to turn around. He doesn't want us to back down. He wants us to dig deep into his word and to pray so he can get us through that storm. He wants us to rely on him. If we just give up and quit, then, then what kind of vessel are we? You want to get up and quit and just go back into the dock and just sit there and not do what God wants you to do because maybe you're scared or failure or anxiety. If you fail, just get right back up and do it again. We need to protect what matters. <laughs> it's a good thing I had a case on this. <laughs> Lord. Hey, who had, you know what? Phones. Phone. I tried to practice so it'll look real. Phones. 
People are the cockiest people who do not have cases for their phones. Five, six hundred, seven hundred hour phone and you do not have a case for it. Don't tell me she's pulling one out with no case. I'm telling you, man. You are brave. Are you the only one that don't have a case? Another one. Don't have you all got cases on your phones, right? You probably put it on there, didn't you? You're like, you're not using this until this case is on there. See, we we protect our phones, watches, electronics. I could throw this thing all the way to Jason. It might break. But but we need to protect what matters. We protect our phones all day, our electronics. But if we're not protecting our heart. See, I got cracks and sputter webs. I don't even, you don't even want to look at Pastor Amanda's phone. It is sputter webbed all get out, cracked and all that. But you can still call, text, uh, get on social media. Um, if you want to watch Calvary, some of you have got on the Facebook and YouTube, you can still do that. With a cracked screen. It still works. See, God can use broken people to do great things for him. But we just have to be a vessel for him. We just have to be willing and and, and open our hearts up and say, God, just use me for whatever you want me to do. I don't want to be just stuck in a dock. It's kind of boring there when you're stuck at a dock and tied to a rope. You just sit there all day and just wade in the water and passing all the boats in and out. You're sitting there afraid to go out and allow God to use you. It could be something small, guys. It could be something small, just inviting someone to church. I mean, a lot of you already did that. You know, we just got to be, no matter how small or big it is, we just got to be willing to be a vessel for God. No matter how broken we think we are, if we have that power inside of us, this phone can still turn on. See, we have protection for our phone, a case for our phone that can be replaced. Our phone can be replaced. The screen protector can be replaced. The, um, the protector for our screen can be replaced, but we don't have a protector for our soul which can't be replaced. Our soul can't be replaced. It's there. That, it's that something valuable inside of us that God's given us as a vessel. And we need to learn to know how important God wants us to be through him. See, God gave you that something that only you can carry. Only you can carry that. God gave it for you. See, you got vessels out here, you got boats out here that can only carry a certain amount of weight or material or cargo. And it could, because it's designed to carry that. 
cruise ships are designed to carry a pile of people. You can't just go throw cargo containers on it and then expect it to go. It's not built for that. But God gave you something that only you can carry. But in order to be able to know what that something is, we've got to pray and and read our Bible and tap into what the Holy Spirit wants to do. See, we can't stop the pressures of this world that come at us. But we can be ready for when they do come. See, we can be ready for when the pressures of this world do come. We just got to be ready and willing to ask God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, God? Simple question. <laughs> it's an easy question. What do you want me to do? Then you keep asking, and then, I don't know. Or you, you kind of know, but uh, I don't want to do that yet. Let's hold on for that for a little bit. Maybe next month. Let's do it after the prayer and fasting. Yeah, I'll do it then. I'll pray, and I'll seek God, and, 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 and then we'll wait 21 days after that. And let's see, maybe he'll change his course. On April 14th, 1912, some of the younger folks may not know this, the Titanic received seven iceberg warnings, and the captain ignored them all. Seven. That reminds me when I read that story, it reminds me of we can ignore the Holy Spirit sometimes when he wants us to do something. We could be over here doing something great for God. God said, no, I want you to do this right now in this season. I don't want you doing that right now. It could be doing something good. It may not necessarily be you're doing something negative, but you could be doing something good for God. But he is warning you, saying, I want you to do this instead. Do that later. Do this first. There were two lookouts on the Titanic. The ones that are above the lookouts, they are uh, their job was to look out and explore in front of the Titanic. At that time, there was uh, iceberg prone during that uh, season of uh, the weather, and uh, their job was pretty hard at that time because the uh, sea was like glass and the sky was clear. The moon was glistening off, off the water, so it kind of made the lookout's job a little harder because you couldn't see as far because of the glare. And um, they forgot one thing they realized. Their binoculars weren't up there. So it made it, 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 made it their job extremely hard to be able to go out there and look and look ahead for the dangers. See, when we read our Bible and, and, and tap into the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit inside us, it can nudge us and warn us. Now, we can ignore the warning or we can take heed of the warning and step back a little bit. Famous last words, iceberg, straight ahead. And they were frantically trying to turn that boat they were going full force before. 
They're trying to turn that boat. Trying to divert last minute from that iceberg. But sometimes when we ignore what the Holy Spirit wants us to do or nudges, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Sometimes we ignore it and we pay the consequences. See, we could be missing our so-called binoculars and miss the warnings that the Holy Spirit gives us when we're not reading our Bible or praying enough. I find that sometimes when I haven't been reading my Bible enough, I can, I can tell. I struggle as a vessel. I can tell. See, but when the Titanic hit the iceberg, from the surface, it just seemed normal. I mean, this thing was huge. But underneath, where it wasn't seen, there was a 30-foot hole. It's like, that's a pretty big hole. I mean, I think it's a pretty big hole. But the Titanic size is a little over 882 feet and 175 feet tall, about as tall as a 17-story building. So the size of the hole compared to the size of the vessel is pretty small. The size of the sin, little by little, can overtake us. But, but that, that, what's that special something? It's not our heart. That sin, little by little, can creep in. And creep in, little here, little there. It can essentially overtake us. And almost feel like as if we're sinking. It can overtake us with fear, anxiety. For that little sin, it could, it could allow that. It can almost feed that fear and feed that anxiety. It can overtake us. See, on the outside, it really doesn't matter what the vessel looks like. What matters is what the vessel is filled with. See, that vessel we have is filled with, with something special. Sometimes we may look like we have it all together. But we could be just drowning in the inside. Because that special something isn't protected. See, if we aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, even the little things over time can bring us down and limit what God wants us to do. By doing that, we can be limited on what God wants us to do. I don't want to be limited. I want to be able to be a vessel for God and to honor, to be able to allow Him to do whatever He wants me to do for Him. I don't want to be limited. I don't want to be limited. See, when I was a kid, I grew up on the, um, on the water, and uh, we used to go out on my dad's pontoon boat a lot. We'd go out and go fishing and go crabbing and uh, go, uh, go tubing. Tell you what, there's nothing better than fresh seafood. You catch it and bring it home, it is nothing like that, nothing like it. So when I was a kid, I remembered all that, 
all that being on time on the boat. And um, I remember uh, we went out there one evening just to ride, me, my whole family, my brother, my dad, and the dog. Who always takes the who? Who goes on boat rides a lot? Wow, am I, am I the only one? All right. Who used to go on boat rides when they were a kid? Okay, a couple. All right. So I remember one, um, one evening we were uh, getting ready to come in, and it was dark. We were maybe, maybe a mile or so out from the dock. And um, before my dad threw the, pulled the anchor, he said, go ahead and start the, start, start the boat. Huh. Well, cranking, cranking, he's cranking, he's cranking, he's cranking, and the boat's not starting. As a little kid, maybe 10 years old, I'm starting to freak out a little bit. You know, it's dark, <laughs> and the boat's not starting. And my dad's not talking. He's not saying anything. So he's trying to boat again. He's cranking it up, cranking it up. Still nothing. I remember as a kid, um, it was dark. I, st- I definitely remember that. It was dark. I mean, you go around, you can't see anything. There was no other boats out there. I couldn't even see a buoy. Normally you see buoys every now and then popping up and the light blanking. Yeah, I didn't even see any of that. Sky was clear. I do remember that. Couldn't remember those. St- but the sky was clear and the moon was out. And I could hear the waves just beating up against the, the boat. Because it was silent. I couldn't hear nothing. Nobody was talking. Like, oh, what are you going to do, Dad? The boat's broke down. It's dark. Thank God he didn't pull that anchor. Thank God we had the anchor. Thank God we have an anchor. Jesus is the anchor for our soul. So here I am, just as a kid, just, just sitting out there as the uh, worship team comes. Just sitting out there, just wading in the water. Dark, quiet. As I think about that, that's how some people are who, who are lost. Remember, we're all vessels. Whether we're going to be a vessel for God or just, or just, a, just a vessel, we, we have that something important inside of us. But people out there who, who don't know who Jesus is, they may feel like they're waiting out in the water all by themselves. It's dark, lonely, nobody out there. Thank God we had Coast Guard come rescue us. But we had to call. We had to make that call. We didn't send no flares up in there. I don't know if we even had flares. But we had to make that call. People who are lost, they, 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 they may feel like they're lonely. See, vessels aren't made to be docked. They're not. They're not made to be docked or anchored for a long period of time. See, they're, they're made to move. Vessels for God are made to move. It says, go out into the world and preach the gospel. The world could be our backyard, our friends, our neighbors, people at school, our friends, 
workplace. You don't have to go across the whole globe. I just named six things just there. Boom. See, if they, if they stay in a place, see, if the boats stay in a place too long, they form these things called barnacles. And they form. And, and, and if the boat doesn't move, they just keep forming. They keep forming. They keep forming. They can almost take the shape of whatever vessel that is. And then when that, if they don't do anything to clean it, they go out and it's weighing them down, using a lot more force than what they really have to do. Because those barnacles are weighing it down because you stayed stagnant. You, you stayed still for too long. And, and what can be keep us anchored in life? See, don't let the anchor of fear or failure hold you back from what God wants you to do. I want you to think. I know, I know God wants somebody to do something. But maybe you're not doing it because you're afraid of you're going to fail. Maybe you're just you're fearful of not what to do next. I heard a pastor once say, just give God that maybe. Just shoot it out there. If God wants you to do it, just, just start doing it. Give God that maybe. But don't sit there and let fear hold you back, keep you in that dock from doing what God wants you to do. And in closing, I want all of us to, to, to think and close our eyes I'm going to ask a question. I've asked myself this probably I don't know how many times. What's holding you from doing what God wants you to do? Ask yourself that. If you know God's been saying to do something, to invite that friend to church or to, I don't know. God can only speak to you. Because he knows you. You're his vessel. But what's holding you back? What's holding you back, guys, from doing what God wants you to do? Don't let, don't let fear, don't let failure hold you back from what God wants you you to do just a few minutes we're going to do an altar call and we want to pray over over that thing that is holding you back we're going to pray and ask God to release that anchor so you can be able to be a vessel unto honor so you can be able to go out and do what God has called you to do. And I promise there is no limits that can hold you back as long as you're doing it for God. As long as you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you, the anchor can't hold you back. So as they're playing softly, the altar's open. 
If you want to come up here and just maybe ask God to release that weight or to help me push through that fear, that anxiety, and maybe pushing, pushing you back or holding you back from what you know that God wants you to do. If you know it, find me here. Give a few minutes as you draw. Allow the altars to be open. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. prayer for the ones that maybe fear may be holding them back God from doing what they know what God wants them to do God and I pray for the ones that are struggling with anxiety God I just, I just thank you, God, for allowing us to be a vessel for you, God. God, I pray as we, as we leave today, God, as we go out and live our everyday lives, God, God, I pray that you would help us to be a vessel that honors you, God. Even through our failures and our flaws, I still want to be a vessel for you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's surrender our soul to our life to the Lord this morning. Lord, let's just surrender our life. Lord, we surrender. We surrender our life to you this morning, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
before before we leave, I want all of us to hold our hands out like this. And I want us to ask the Lord, Pastor John, I believe he's already said this, but I want to, us to ask the Lord, Lord, what is what is the next move in my life that you want to do? Lord, what is it, what is it next that you want to do in my life? God, God. What is it that you're asking me to surrender to? What, what is the next move that you have in my life? And it's the same that I want everybody to close your eyes and I want us just to hold our hands out and I want us to ask the Lord that question. Father, we're asking right now, Lord, what is it in my life right now, God, that you want me to surrender? Father, what is it, even though that I may be a born-again Christian, God, God, I'm surrendering my life total to you this morning. And then, God, I'm asking the question, Lord, what is it you want me to do next? God, we are, we heard this morning that, God, we are a vessel unto honor. And we're asking you this morning, what is it that you want us to surrender to you this morning? God, what is it that is holding us back, God? God, what is it that you want to do in our life that is holding us back this morning. And then, God, we're going to surrender that to you today. This morning, we're going to surrender that to you, Lord, right now, God. Pray in your own way, then we're going to close. Father, right now, God, that I surrender my will to you right now. I surrender my will. Inviting someone to church, if it's stepping into a, a, a ministry that you're asking me to step into, if it's denying the flesh here, then I'll do what you're asking me to do there. God, I surrender it this morning. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand this morning. Amen. Amen. Did Pastor John do a great job this morning? Let's give him a big hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. All the youth and young adults, we got lunch for you downstairs. God bless you. The rest of you have a great week in the Lord.